Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Today, we want to talk about our walk. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And by walk, we don't mean a casual stroll, but the way we live our lives before the world. Amen, Mama. To our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, we want to send a big shout out to our listeners in South Dakota and Portugal. Amen. So this week's Torah portion covers the ten words or sayings. Many believers know them as the Ten Commandments. Every time I read them, I'm reminded of that awesome scene at Mount Sinai, you know? Mm -hmm. Just ponder this for a moment. The creator of everything that exists decided to say something using a voice and language that was understood by the children of Israel and the mixed multitude that went with them. As described by the writings of Moshe, it was a scary event. It is no wonder the occupants in the promised land feared Israel even 20 years later. Mama, can you read some of Exodus 20 for our listeners? Can do, Daddy. Verses 1 through 17 tells us the words Jehovah spoke. Starting at verse 18, we read, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood afar off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let Elohim speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. For Elohim has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. Mm -hmm. Friends, in this passage, Moses is trying to calm Israel's nerves and explain to them that they should revere Jehovah, their Elohim, not be scared. Jehovah is giving them his instructions with the intent of seeing if they will obey him. He's worthy of their reverence, and they should shema, or hear and obey. Tim? I don't doubt that Jews for thousands of years have taught their children about this great event, but many Christians may have only thought of it as an ancient Bible story, not something that they should shema. Through our study of the word, however, we've learned that this is not just a story or a good teaching or even just a Jewish thing, but it is an Israel thing. Jehovah's instructions were for natural born Israel and grafted in Israel. Mm-hmm, mama. Between our episodes 29 and 36, we took time to discuss each of the 10 words. If you haven't heard those episodes, please take some time to check them out. We think they'll be a great blessing to you. If you're newly awakened to the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, or if you are new to the truth of Messiah Yeshua and his role in the covenants of Israel, you must be conversant in these instructions. When we urge you to be conversant in these instructions, we're really repeating the instructions of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 20. In that scripture, Israel was warned against worshiping other gods after they had entered the promised land. Deuteronomy 11, starting at verse 18, says, 
For this reason, you are to store up Jehovah's words in your heart and in all your being. Tie them on your hand as a sign. Put them at the front of a headband around your forehead. Teach them carefully to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you travel on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Tim, do you remember the words of Yeshua, the living Torah, and how he completely defeated Hasatan during his temptation in the wilderness? Mm -hmm. When Hasatan, knowing that Yeshua was hungry, suggested that he should turn the stones into bread, our King Yeshua quoted Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. He sure did. Let me uh, read that for you, Mama. But um, for context, I'll start at verse 1. Okay. It says, All the mitzvot, or commandments, I'm giving you today, you are to take care to obey, so that you will live, increase your numbers, enter and take possession of the land Yehovah swore to your ancestors. You are to remember everything of the way in which Yehovah led you these 40 years in the desert humbling and testing you in order to know what was in your heart, whether you would obey his mitzvot or not. Verse 3 reads, He humbled you, allowing you to become hungry, and then fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had ever known, to make you understand that a person does not live on food alone, but on everything that comes from the mouth of Yehovah. Mm -hmm. Check out Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, for Yeshua's quote from Deuteronomy 8 and 3. That's where it is written. Good play on words, Daddy. Thanks. So far, we mentioned the ten words and the awesome way they were given to Israel. We talked about how special they are because Elohim decided to speak them in an audible voice. Next, we were reminded of Moshe's warning to Israel that they and we should be conversant in the Ten Words and all the instructions of Elohim. By now, you know that the Hebrew word Torah means instruction. And this is why it's a great practice to follow along in the weekly Torah readings. What better way to become conversant in the instructions of Yehovah? Mm -hmm. Good point. Unfortunately, in many churches today, it is taught that we, as believers, are in a new uh, dispensation and through Jesus, we are no longer under the law. Are they talking about the law that teaches us how to live with one another in peace and how to please our Heavenly Father? Maybe they're talking about man's made-up traditions. Well, miss, we're definitely not under man's made-up traditions. Amen? That's right. That's right. Yeah, so to think that we should not hear and obey Yehovah's express instructions is just plain error. The point we want to make can be found in 1 John chapter 2. Starting at verse 3, we read, The way we can be sure we know Yeshua is if we are obeying His commands. Anyone who says, I know Yeshua, but isn't obeying His commands is a liar. The truth is not in him. But if someone keeps doing what Yeshua says, then truly love for Elohim has been brought to its goal in that person. This is how we are sure that we are united with Yeshua. A person who claims to be living in union with Yeshua ought to conduct his life the way Yeshua did. This scripture tells us about obeying what Yeshua instructed us to do. 
and living in a way that follows the example of Yeshua. And Daddy, due to no fault of our own, we were taught to love and obey a Greek Jesus, not a Jewish Yeshua. This is why so many believers selectively obey Jehovah's commandments. If a commandment seemed too Jewish, it was omitted by the church fathers. Now, this happened centuries ago. For example, don't lie. No problem there. Many believers will say that's a Christian thing to do, not to lie, right? Mm -hmm. Don't steal. That sounds great, too. Mm -hmm. Another great Christian thing to do. Because no one wants to be around a thief. Yep. Love God, as, as we call him. No problem there. Except Jehovah defines what it means to love him. So we just can't decide for ourselves how we want to show our love to him. If you haven't heard it, please check out our podcast, episode 22, called Love the Lord Your God. In it, we point out many scriptures that clearly tell us loving Jehovah means keeping his commandments. Amen. The Sabbath day is another great example of what you're talking about there, miss. Most believers have no issue with the first three commandments or words. When we get to that fourth one, remember the Sabbath day? We rationalize that one away, as if it's only for the Jews. Elohim made no such distinction when he spoke the fourth word or commandment. In fact, in Isaiah 56, Elohim decreed blessings on even the strangers who keep his Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing a preacher some time ago. He demanded to know when Yeshua ever instructed anyone to keep the Sabbath. He also asked for biblical evidence of when Yeshua himself ever kept the Sabbath. According to Exodus 31 verse 16, Jehovah said that keeping the Sabbath is a perpetual commandment. Sure did. That means it's something to be observed forever. Not keeping it would be a sin back then and now. If Yeshua did not keep the Sabbath, he would be sinning and could therefore not be our Savior because our Savior had to be sinless. Amen. So, Tim, that pastor is willing to believe that the son of Elohim sinned? That's, that's just nonsense. Hmm. And since it is nonsense, why don't we as believers just observe the Sabbath since it's in the Bible and we say we believe the word of Elohim? I mean, how hard is it to worship and rest on the seventh day? Resting doesn't sound that hard to me, Mama. When I read the Gospels in context, I can't imagine any Jewish man living around or in Jerusalem during the time of Yeshua not keeping the Sabbath. It seems similar to someone demanding to know when Yeshua instructed anyone to wear clothing in public and trying to prove that public nudity is part of the new covenant. Now, just as the argument for public nudity has no support, pun intended, okay. The assumption that Yeshua, the Lord of the Sabbath, disregarded, abolished, or changed the Sabbath can't be supported in context either. Besides, if the Sabbath were a Jewish thing, the other tribes would lawfully be able to disregard it. And there's no evidence for that either. Very true, Dad. Of course, we're not saying that one salvation is based on your perfect adherence to the Ten Words. Salvation is and always will be by grace through faith in Yeshua. What we are saying is that if you don't reverence and obey these instructions, or if you 
lightly regard any of them, you're not living in a way that shows the fruits or characteristics of someone who is walking with Jehovah. It was Yeshua who said in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And in John chapter 14, verse 31, I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and assume, hey, I'm saved, so I'll just ask for forgiveness if I'm wrong about this commandment thing? Or take the red pill and believe Jehovah's word as written. Moses said in Deuteronomy 32 verses 46 and 47, set your heart and minds on all the words which I command you this day. Teach them to your children and be sure that they are careful to do all the words of this law. It is not a small thing. Your very life depends on it. Mm. To our listeners, the one thing none of us wants is to be that person in Luke 13 who is standing outside the master's home, knocking on the door and asking to be let in, but hearing him say, hey, I don't know where you're from. Go away, you worker of iniquity. Remember, the definition of iniquity is lawlessness or disregard for the law. Think about what law that's referring to. Being clear on that has something to do with whether or not Yeshua will open the door for you. If you believe in the Messiah of Israel, then you should walk as he walked, live the way he lived. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and talk about it with your family and friends. Thanks again for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can 